This is more than therapy podcast. More than therapy. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. This is more than therapy podcast. Yes, and welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy Podcast. It's been a while since we had a guest due to Jessica and I both catching COVID around the same time for some reason. Um, today we have Miss Janet Elaine Schmidt, and today she's going to talk to us about reprogramming for success. Let me tell you a little bit about Janet before we begin. Janet Elaine Schmidt is the creator of Reprogram Yourself and her business team of success. And for a decade, she has been a practical yet potent quantum conscious, consciousness accelerator, integrated holistic healing facilitator, and business coach. Her board certifications are neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, NLP life coach, hypnotherapy, and more. Today, we're going to talk about reprogramming for success, because we all, especially in this day and time, probably can utilize some reprogramming. Janet, what inspired you to develop a program, develop a a movement of reprogramming for success? And what does that mean? Well, I'll start off by saying that um, I kind of fell into it. I kind of backed into it um, because I had gone through some catastrophic things in my life. And I really had to understand what it was that was causing this because I would, I call it looping where you would experience the same thing over and over again. Uh, it just be a different, different people, different situation, but it would be the same end result. And so I found myself, um, I ended up getting a divorce and in the divorce, I ended up getting a large sum of money. And as a child, I was always one for helping the underdog. I was at the time chairman of the board of an organization that helped homeless women get a better education so that they would break the cycle with their children. And so I started sharing the money with individuals and nonprofits alike that would help the underserved. Well, before long, I found myself in arbitration. You see, my financial advisor had made an investment outside the scope and lost almost all my money. And now here I am in arbitration, and all I can think about is I'm going to lose this money. I'm going to lose this money. And so we can say that's quantum physics, because quantum physics says everything's energy. That means our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings have energy. So here I'm putting this energy out there. And then, so sure enough, the financial advisor was disbarred. The company was fined. His partner was fined, but I only got 10% of what I lost. So now I knew it had to be more than just physics, than just the frequency. So I started to really examine my life and became the student of my life. And it was painful. I had to look at things about myself that I may not have liked. And I also had to look at beliefs that were so strong in me and question, where did I get that belief? 
And so I really got into epigenetics. And epigenetics says that it is the imprinting or coding from our ancestors passed down to our parents, and our parents pass it to us from birth to about eight years old. After that, it's anything catastrophic that happens to us and it's society that dictates our reality and our belief system, our traits, our behaviors, everything about us. So I started dissecting that and going into techniques that could change this. So I got certified in neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, eye movement integration, uh, theta healing, anything that would change this, and psyche. And I discovered that if you can move the old belief out using these techniques and bring a new belief in so that you have your left cortex and your right cortex in agreement, or I like to say the whole brain state, you can change any belief, any behavior, any thought system that has been enrooted in you for a very long time. And that's how Reprogramming for Success was born. Indeed. A lot of people, you know, like you said, their core thoughts, you know, from their childhood, you say it's genetically linked, but even mm-hmm. just educational system, just the society, society as itself bears down a particular mode or a particular way of life in which you're supposed to live is so ingrained in us. How do we break out of that mental prison? Well, it's first recognizing it. Like for me, for example, when I examined this, I discovered I came from eight generations of ministers who signed up to be economically challenged, who signed up to give their last cents to the underserved and who didn't really have any money to manage. And whereas that is honorable for them, I would never take that away from my ancestors. It wasn't what I signed up for in this lifetime. And that's why I say the first thing that people need to do is really examine where the belief came from. Another belief I had uh, that many people have is fear. Fear is a very difficult thing for us to really wrap our, our thoughts around. And, um, and for me, I, what I did was I took the word fear in an imaginary bubble and attached it to me. And every time I felt fear, I would cut it away and put safety, security, and confidence in it. I did this for one week and I did it like maybe 10, 12 times a day. By the one week I was, I had safety, security, and confidence, and I wasn't fearful anymore. And I would watch situations that I would have been fearful in and I was no longer. And it was just, it was like watching a slow motion movie. I was like, wait, I normally would have done this, but now I'm doing this. And when you do that, when you make that shift, you change your life both personally and professionally. It just, it can't help but change that way. But it's taking a hard look at why you believe what you believe and what part of you isn't working. And that can be difficult for some people. Right. Definitely. Um, regarding changing, even in mental health practices, when we try to elicit that change or try to remove that, what we call skewed cognition on, on which the way they believe themselves, mm-hmm. sometimes that's so much the core of who they are. They don't know who to be or how to be anything other than that skewed belief. 
and you say you have to recognize that, even recognizing that, because that's their core personality, how can they move past that? Well, once you start recognizing just components, and I would say to start breaking down the components, like whether it's money consciousness, for me, that's a big part of what mine was, was inherited money consciousness. Or um, like I said, just recognizing that you're fearful all the time or that you come from a place of lack, that every word that comes out of your mouth is kind of filled with lack. When you start to really dissecting that, first of all, that's the first sign of change, that you actually know that something's wrong and that you want to fix it. Um, And so I applaud anyone who is able to do that. And then you just find the techniques and you find the practitioners that can assist you along your way. Like neurolinguistic programming has many different elements to it, but I find it very helpful in the timeline. It uses a timeline to find where you first develop the behavior or the thought system, the belief system that you have, and kind of ushers and moves it out and, and assists with a new belief system that comes in. And there's a process It also NLP also has what I call emotional resilience tools, which enables you to even clear out all these thoughts that you have in your head and pu- push them down through you so that you can start with a fresh mind. So there's many different techniques. Theta healing also is another one that uses a timeline and it pushes things out. And then you can usher a new belief system in. And these all have a different process that goes with them, but they work very efficiently. And eye movement integration is a wonderful tool because for anyone who has trauma or anxiety, trauma is held fragmented in our brains. And so to bring it all together without going into how the brain functions, we want to the left cortex and the right cortex argue over the healing process when we're in trauma. And so what eye movement integration does is it brings you into a whole brain state where the left and right cortex can be in agreement and then healing can begin. They refer to it as the inner healer, but it really does work. And most of my clients have results, probably 90% feel relief in just one session of that. And then I always follow all three of these techniques with Psyche. And Psyche was developed by Rob Williams. And it is a way of bringing you into a whole, what I call a whole brain state, the left and right cortex, into agreement on the new belief. So they don't necessarily, in Psyche, it's not necessarily ushering the old belief in. It's locking a new belief in and getting your subconscious and conscious mind in an agreement. So I use the other three techniques to usher the old out. I do bring the new in, but then I clamp it down with Psyche. So I'd say those are really strong techniques in helping people, assisting them in changing the behavior that they have. All right, all right. Elaine, could you, I mean, Janet, can you please tell us about the two sciences that dictate this reality? Sure. Uh, quantum physics. So Einstein said everything's energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you wish for, and you just can't help but bring it to you. That's not philosophy, that's physics. 
Now, I'd go on to say the biochemical effects of the brain's functioning shows that our cells, our very cells, are affected by our thoughts, which that means that our thoughts, our emotions, our actions have energy to them. So then there's epigenetics, which I explained prior, which is, you know, our inherited coding from our ancestors passed down to us from, you know, from the time we're born to about eight years old. After that, it's society and anything catastrophic that happens to you. And that will be dictating your behaviors, your thoughts, your emotions, uh, your traits, your traditions, and all of those have energy. So quantum physics and epigenetics go hand in hand. Hmm. Okay. How we communicate and what tells us in others. I know what we call it, positive self-talk, negative self-talk. I myself am guilty of, you know, telling myself something, what I can't do or believing internally what I can't do. Then my brain, of course, saying, well, if you say you can't do it out loud, then you must can't do it in reality. It starts moving me towards that reality. I remember it might have pertained to trying to learn how to drive a manual transmission car. Uh, oh, I can't drive stick. Well, then I guess you can't drive this car. Okay, I guess I can't until my friend forced me into it and said, oh, it's not as hard as I thought it was. And just like when I was I was six feet, I was like 5'10 at the time. And I said, oh, I would never be able to dunk. I'm only 5'10, blah, blah, blah. And I told myself that, so I never tried, I guess, until it was a point in which I pushed myself and then was able to do it. So when I had, you know, any negative thoughts that's following me all the way into adulthood or any thoughts in which I said I couldn't do or I'm not supposed to do or that's not the path for me, even though that may subconsciously or even more focusedly wanted, but always had that self defense. from having that that reality how do how tell us about how we communicate and what that tells us and others well what you're describing a little bit is what i call ants automatic negative thoughts and so the only way that you can really get a handle on that is the minute you feel it coming in i actually give my clients um this phrase isn't it wonderful something marvelous is happening to me right now if you train yourself to say that, you have a smile on your face every time you say it, and it will become automatic. I, I When I started using that technique, I was even catching myself saying it in my dreams. I'm not kidding. It was pretty funny. But I, I do say the first, as I said before, the first progress, the first step in your progress is understanding that you're doing it. So the fact that you even say, I, I heard myself say that is you're recognizing that you're already putting out there. But when we communicate, I mean, the inner communication that we have is what you're talking about is really, really, um, we, can, we can really create things that don't even exist. And so I would say to somebody, sit back and, and quiet yourself and say, is this really what's happening or can I try this? And it's just like your friend puts you in the car and said, we're driving this. And then you found out it was a lot of fun to drive a stick. And so that's part of it. But when I talk about communication, I want people to think about when I'm talking to you now, only 7% of what I'm communicating to you is verbally. 
And I know that's hard to believe, but if you look at my hands, if you look at my eyes, if you look at the inflection in my voice, 93% is nonverbal. So I tell people to start checking out how people are communicating to them. Don't just listen to the words. See their body language, their hands, their eyes. Everything tells you something. If I asked you to help me with a fundraiser and you said yes, but your eyes and your body look like a deer caught in the headlights, well, 7% of you said yes and 93% said no. So these are things for cues for us to not only recognize another people, but also understand how we communicate. And a lot of what we communicate and how we communicate is epigenetics. So it's something for somebody to look at. Do you want to communicate like your ancestors? Do you want to communicate like you? And that's why I say be the, sci be the student of your life. Know that you're the scientist. Go into the laboratory. Start dissecting. Start saying, is that my belief? Is that my ancestors' belief or is that my belief? What is my belief? Who am I? What is, what, who am I? And, and really check them out and dissect yourself. Mm -hmm. Indeed. In your opinion, in your expertise, why do people hang on to the negative? It's a great question and I love it. Um, because it's easy to hang on to the negative than the positive. Because if you think about it, when we have negative events happen in our lives, we don't want them to happen again. When we have positive in our lives, we just are so happy. We don't think, oh, I want that to happen again. Yes, of course we do. But we don't have the same aversion to it. Like we're welcoming it. Whereas our negative events that happen, negative negativity is something that we don't want to repeat, right? So we hang on to it for that reason. And I find it very interesting that uh, I, uh, if we watch TV or listen to other things, there are so many wonderful, happy things happening in this world, but we hang on to the negative. So we're kind of programmed even from television and other, the newspapers, everything to really focus on all the negative. I mean, I wish they would print as many positive articles as they do negative as we might do have I. a balance as do i as do i i remember when i came back to america after a couple of years overseas um the news is very different there it's very um cleansed palletized and um mm -hmm. we came back to america and then boom it's so sensational it's like oh no and all our depression we had depression symptoms and we had anxiety it was this an mm -hmm. uptick everything was picture perfect when we was in um turkey and then I, our psychiatrist, our doctor was just like, well, you know, you got to think, look at the news you watch there. Look at the news you watch here. Mm -hmm. Look at how different it is. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, stop watching the news. Just read it. Yes. And then I said, OK, I can get a newspaper subscription. Reading it didn't have the same impact as mm -hmm. me looking at it, as me, you know, them throwing the verbiage and hearing it. So, yes, I do. And then, then yeah, I do agree. And it's easy to hold on to the negative because we we know it. You know what I'm saying? We can mm -hmm. expect versus if we hold on to the positive and start moving towards the positive consciously subconsciously that might even take more work that we're scared that we might not be able to be able to hold on to or to focus on appropriately 
I know, for instance, like I, I was like, oh, I need to go to um, the gym. I need to do this. I need to do that. Doctor said lose 40 so I can work on my knee. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I can do that. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't do that. I played basketball the other day and I was hurting inside and da da da. And I don't have the time and I don't I can't do this and I can't do that. Oh, I can't afford it. But yeah, I can buy $80 worth of supplements. Hmm, okay. <laughs> um a viewer um has um made a um a comment and put on the screen for you to comment on. My sister says, I'm a realist, so I try to stay positive, but I'm going through a rough time. What steps can I take? To remain positive, and that's Felicia Blue Henry, who's um chiming in from the Facebook page. More to therapy. Well, Felicia, number one, I want you to write down that isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening to me right now. I want you to write that down. Put it on post-its all over your house. I, I'm going to tell you that. Put it on post-its all over your house, and when you're starting to. One of the things I want to take you through, and since she's asking this, I'm going to ask her to sit down and I want you to take a deep breath in. And as you exhale, I'm going to ask you to close down your eyes. And now I want you to take all the thoughts and emotions that you're feeling, every thought and emotion that you're feeling. And I want you to gather them in your mind. And now I want you to take them down down, down, down. We're gonna go two inches below your navel. Down, down. And now from that bright light, from that point, I want you to focus on the bright light that's there and see it going down your legs to the ground, to the center of the earth. So you have flown all your thoughts all the way down to two inches before your, below your navel. And a bright light is flowing it down to the ground, to the center of the earth. And now you can open your eyes. Now, I would suggest to you to do this anytime you feel overwhelmed, anytime you feel that you just want to calm your mind, calm your brain, just quiet yourself and visualize all these thoughts, feelings, and everything going down and going into the center of theirs. This is called the one point. The samurais used to do it prior to going into battle because they would have so many emotions and thoughts in their head and they needed to clear it so that they wouldn't be top heavy. They wanted to be centered so they would be tougher to knock off their horse. But I call this an emotional resilience tool. It can really assist you in uh, tough times. But isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening to me right now. I want you to put that everywhere in your house. And know, I'm going to say this to you, and know that you are a very special human being. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Do that anytime. Indeed, indeed. I hope Felicia Blue Henry can utilize that technique, utilize that strategy. And Felicia, call me later. Let's we got some things we need to talk about. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Janet, for that. That was very powerful, very powerful. Oh, you're welcome. What are emotional resilience tools? Well, I know we just, you just did one. I just did one. Is there any more tools that people can add to their therapeutic toolkit? There's another one. I call these like 80 second, 90 second resets, right? And so another one I'll have people go through, if you're listening, I'm going to ask you once again to take a deep breath in and close down your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to be aware of the awareness of the room you're in. Be aware of the awareness of the chair you're sitting in. Be aware of the awareness of the sounds in the room. Be aware of the awareness of the thoughts going through your head. Be aware of the awareness of your breath going in and out of your lungs. The coolness, be aware of that. Now be aware of the awareness of being aware. And now you can open your eyes. All right. One quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and talk about programming. Okay. I thrive. I thrive to be alive. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. I want to be healthier. I want to be around for my children to graduate, have children, and have their children have children. I want to be free from the disease of high blood pressure and diabetes. I thrive to be alive. I thrive to be Why is it important to understand that everyone is programmed and is all our programming equal? I don't think that there's anything as equal. I don't I always say there's uh it's like when somebody says it's strong or weak, I um I, there is no bad or good. It's just when we understand, for instance, in a business setting, it is essential to understand that everyone around you is programmed, that they all come from a different epigenetic background, that they all have different traditions, they all have different emotions, and they they have some catastrophic things that have happened to them that form their behaviors. And if you have that emotional intelligence to understand that, you can have the strategy and you can have the system in understanding all these people and working with them and creating a well, a well-oiled uh, team, if you want to say it that way. But when you look at your friends and you just look at people you meet, well, they all have their own program. I mean, even people who are abusive, they came from an abused background. So when you start to really understand, we can come from a more loving place no matter where we are. Um, it doesn't mean that, I always say this, it doesn't mean that if somebody does something wrong in society that they don't pay the price of society. What I am saying is there is a background that created that. There is a background that created that programming. 
And so when we start to understand how our friends are programmed and their background and how they grew up and what makes them them, well, it opens the door of a wider communication and a wider level of understanding. So then we work from a higher level of emotional intelligence. Okay, indeed. Okay. How do we recognize our program and the program of others? I know my sister, myself, we probably could say we were programmed to be very, very particular individuals in a very particular way of thinking that in our later years, we're finding very difficulty to take off the shackles of that programming. I, I totally understand that. And when, when you start, the fact that you even recognize it is a huge step. But when we go through our program, I say, the first thing I say is tackle the things that loop. I call them, um, they keep uh, reoccurring, but in a different format. It's kind of like the person who dates the same type of person over and over again, and the same end result happens. Well, that's a time to look at, okay, what am I doing? What do I need to shift? And we call that a paradigm shift. So when we shift, it's kind of, it's kind of changing your belief from fearing everything to having safety, security, and confidence. I can't just change fear of being afraid of German shepherds. I have to change fear across the board in order to completely shift my reality to shift what I want to happen. So you really have to change your belief system. So I would say like in dating, I would say know that you're worthy of the very best that love and life have to offer. And you don't have to settle for somebody who may not have everything that you wish for. And know this, that whatever you wish somebody to have, you have to emulate the same thing in order to achieve it. But it's it's recognizing the loop and then taking the step to actually change it. That's I say those are the bigger things to change. And and so the fact that you even recognize that you have a particular way of thinking, start thinking about what parts of that thought process that you might want to change that could ex- assist you in excelling forward for the success in whatever area you desire. Yes. The whole brain state, what is it? Why should we want it? The whole brain state is when you can get your left cortex and your right cortex in an agreement on the behavior, on the thought, on on the uh, belief system, because Our left brain is, of course, logical, and our right brain is creative. And when you can get them, usually when we're talking about money, I'm going to use this as an example. When we're talking about money, people's logical brain gets in the way and goes, wait, that can't happen that way because it has to be this way. And the creative brain is like, no, we can do it all out here. But the logical brain takes over and says, no, no, no. We're not doing it. But when you get the logical brain and the creative brain to be together, now you're talking. Now it's limitless 
of how your abundance is going to roll in. And so it's basically getting your subconscious and and, and conscious mind in alignment and then clamping down your super conscious mind. That's what happens. And you really want that on every belief you have. And that's why, that's why it's hard when, when we're talking about um, programming and behavior, that's why I'm saying really take a close look at what you want to change and where you want the success in your life and the behaviors that are stopping that. And then move into changing your subconscious and conscious mind. I mean, Psyche, I'm going to say, if anybody does one technique, Psyche is very powerful. And if you know who um, Dr. Bruce Lipton is, he wrote The Biology of Belief. In the back of that book, he attributes Psyche as the reason why he finished that book and why he has great relationships. He says, it is, he says, Psyche is the fastest, most efficient way to change a self-limiting belief into a self-enhancing belief. And so it brings you into a whole brain state. And that's why it's so important. Indeed. Well, the reason we came here today was to talk about reprogram for success. And we did a lot of that. But let's look at your program that you have on your website. Beautiful website. Very beautiful. Thanks. Tell us about your website and tell us about the services you provide as well as the power of a program. Um, Well, the power of the program is the story I told in the beginning because that story is about myself and that's how I discovered these techniques. I know they work. Um, I experienced it. It was painful to have to uncover I uncovered more things about myself than just that. Um, And I'm going to say this to the audience. I probably myself have done well over 200 goal. They call them goal balances in Psyche. I've done probably well over 200 reprogramming for myself. Um, And so I, this, this system works. I have different, different types of, um, reprogramming. I have an immersion, which I take people through, um, through different parts. Every, every, um, every session is close to two hours because we cover quite a bit. It's 110, at least 110 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer. Um, but I don't, I don't stop. I want, I want everyone to know I'm not one of those people that stops at an hour or I stop at 110. I go until I know that that session is complete. And I, we reprogram quite a bit. We go through an immersion system. The 12-point uh, belief system is a phenomenal way to change your basic beliefs. And there are 12 points on your body that hold different types of beliefs. Your self-worth is right here. And we can test whether you test strong for your self-worth or whether you test weak. And then we can get you in the whole brain state for testing very strong in your self-worth. And it goes down to unconditional love, bonding, um, making even down to decision-making. 
So all of these have different types of um, core beliefs, values, all of those happen. But once they're in, they're in. You never have to change them again unless you want to. I mean, once you go through a psyche balance, you never have to um, literally go through it again. But I'm a firm believer in doing neurolinguistic programming or theta healing and eye movement integration prior to putting in psyche because I truly believe ushering out the old behavior and going through a system of ushering it in really clamps it down. And I've had great success with my clients over this. I also do use some energy work. I, I started out as laying of hands as a kid at 10. Um, I'm a Reiki master. And so I believe in uh, using energy as well. But these are the techniques that I use and they're on my website so people can have a, a sim simplistic or a layman's terms understanding of what they are. All right. Janet, would you like to tell us anything else about your website or other ways to reach you as we begin to close out this episode of Mortar Therapy? Well, I'm not a big Instagrammer, but you can check out my Instagram because I put all, all of my podcasts on there. I also do put goal balances on there. And so for the young lady who wrote in before, I'd say go on there and check out the goal balances because you can make your own affirmations. I would also tell your audience this. If you're into affirmations, uh, you know, I don't want to discount anybody's affirmations out there that you might love, but re-record them in your own voice. Because think of it this way. When you were in your mother's womb, you heard your mother's voice. When you were birthed, you recognized your mom's voice. Well, it's the same thing with your soul. When you actually record these affirmations in your own voice, it perks up and goes, wait, that's me. That is my voice. And so it's much more powerful if you do it that way. So that's a big tip I give my clients. And that's something that I want to give the audience to really, really do, because you're going to find that it really makes a difference um, in, in the effect of the affirmation. Um, but you can find me, you can find me at my website. Um, I do have private retreats that we do for, I do it with uh, Roxanne Chapu, who's also um, a quantum shaman. And we do it together for small groups of 10. And in that it is a quantum consciousness healing immersion. And you walk out with probably five sessions from me, five sessions from her. And it's totally integration and it levels up your consciousness probably about tenfold. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for visiting with us today at the Morning Therapy Podcast. Um, visit Janet Elaine Schmidt at JanetElaineSchmidt.com and learn more about Reprogram for Success. And if you find it in your heart to do so, if you need reprogramming, please sign up for her programs and her interventions. Once again, thank you, Janet. Any last Thank words you for before we me. go? Any last words before we go? Just know this, that success in every area of your life is obtainable, but the power is in your hands. Indeed, indeed. Thank you and be well. 
And those of you who have you not too. yet subscribed to the Morning Therapy Podcast, please do so. You can subscribe to the Morning Therapy Podcast anywhere I wish you push play, push play to listen to your favorite podcast. That's the More Than Therapy Podcast. Be well and be great.